0: Welcome to Karen the Load podcast. I'm Annette Anderson. We are delighted to have you with us. In today's episode, Mark and I have a wonderful conversation with Dr. Marissa regarding her newest mission, Happy 88, helping 8 million more people be 88% happy in the next eight years. Welcome, Dr. Marissa.
1: My blessing. Thank you for asking me.
0: Dr. Marissa is a celebrity host producer of the 2016 Podcast of the Year, Top 10 in Health Award-winning show. Take my advice. I'm not using it. Get balanced with Dr. Marissa is an or she is an organizational psychologist motivating individuals and organizations to be happy 88% of the time. Her show guests include best-selling authors like Dr. John Gray and Don Miguel Ruiz, Mary Ann Williamson, to Mary Ann from Gilligan's Island, and Muhammad Ali's daughter, Layla Ali. She moonlights as a red carpet MC and broadcast journalist, interviewing stars like Halle Berry, John Travolta, and Quincy Jones, who use their limelight to highlight causes that help heal our planet. She's the winner of the 2020 Excellence in Media Radio. 2016 Lotus Award, 2014 Asian Heritage Award, 2012 Asian Entrepreneur of the Year Award, and the 2017 Iconic Women Creating a Better World for All. She is a sought-after global thought leader. Her balance tools include the 21-day Fast from Complaining and Balance Tai Chi Gong a moving meditation that promotes inner peace one breath at a time. Dr. Marissa's newest book, Eight Ways to Happiness from Wherever You Are, has hit eight bestseller lists, including number four, Denver Post, and number one, Amazon, and four book award medals, becoming the foundation to her Happy 88 mission, helping 8 million more people be 88% happy in the next eight years. To that end, Dr. Marissa, introduced to Oprah as the Asian Oprah, has been interviewed on NBC, CBS, ABC, and Fox in Seattle, San Diego, Las Vegas, and was featured on Fox DC as one of their Women's History Month highlights. And now, may I add, Karen the Lode. In her spare seconds, she raises recovering teenagers, races sailboats, and lives out her life motto, no regrets for the past, and don't die wondering for the future. Welcome.
1: Woo! <laughs> this is just
0: really exciting to have you here. And I love the motto. And and I really want to learn more about your the movement of tai chi gong i just think it sounds fascinating and and the fast from complaining and, and finding that balance i think if if more of us if 88% of us took an opportunity to fast from complaining
2: for 21 days mm-hmm. We would be happier. How About 21 yeah. minutes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. 21 <laughs> yeah, for
2: sure. So we, we, we've seen a lot of complaining during the last year. I think it's getting yeah, better.
1: And, yeah, and and you know, let's let's just put the moose on the table, which is my Canadian version of elephant in the room. I mean, there you have every right to complain about what happened last year. I mean, this was completely unplanned for, completely unprepared for, completely unfair for. And so uh, I, I don't want people to think that you always need to be happy or always need to be not complaining because, um, it, and you wanted to ask me about 88. So we'll just tackle that one right, right away. I know um, you thought I was Swedish, but I'm actually Chinese. <laughs> you, know, you know, it crossed our mind. But, uh. So eight is a lucky number in Chinese. It's a homonym for good fortune. So that's why I say 88% happy, because it's double good fortune. It is your birthright to be 88% happy. Why not 100% happy? Because if you're 100% happy, you're dead. We don't want dead people walking around. You need the contrast. But a lot of our unhappiness comes from either thinking that we need to be happy 100% of the time, trying to be happy 100% of the time, and we end up falling so short that we become unhappy 88% of And so what my mission, the 8 million people that are 88% happy in the next eight years was an effort to educate and uh, get people to drink my rose colored Kool-Aid to break the habit of being unhappy and to break the habit of complaining all the time. So you can absolutely complain and say, this sucks. I mean, this really sucks. Like the people have lost their jobs, the people have lost their business. People, are, I mean, that is not fun. And get it all out, and get mad, and get and stomp your feet, and do you know, scream out loud, and get over it. Like get through that anger, through that venting, because negative energy takes more. Uh, a volume in your body than positive energy. So, if you cannot release that, if you're in a constant chronic mode of being pissed off, you cannot allow yourself to claim that birthright of 88% happiness. So, that's why I say 88. And that's why the 21 day fast from complaining came out. Actually, I heard the speaker, Edwin Gaines, on the Agape International Spiritual Center stage which I'm on faculty and my big brother Michael Bernard Beckwith the founder of Agape was the one that introduced me to Oprah and said this is the Asian Oprah by the way so she was on our stage and she said if you want to reach spiritual transcendence don't complain for 21 days and I love a challenge and that that started July 1st 2011 and I said I'm on it so since then I've been running this fast online and you go to my, and, and now I've added a fun little component. You don't have to start on the first. You start anytime. time. You pay $21 and it goes to my nonprofit. And if you do 21 days in a row, I will double your money. So it's honor system. I do call your insignificant other and find out for sure if you have managed 21 consecutive days. And then you know, it's all for a good cause, but it's a habit that we have to exercise. We cannot naturally, because we become a pandemic of complainers. Americans, I just saw something uh, flash by, you know, when when you know your tourist is American, you know, these are all the qualities. And what is complaining? I mean, we do, we're known for complaining. So we have to get better at breaking that habit because it's not good, first of all, it makes everybody's ears hurt. Second of all, it's not good for your body. You will literally make yourself sick if you are in complaining, worry, fear, anger, and hostility. So we want to take all of those natural human things, do it, feel it, and then come out the other side.
2: So so Dr. Marissa, as a clinical psychologist, you have probably had an an incredible epiphany during the last 12, 13 months uh, of, of, you, you could probably write a number of books on what you've experienced and what you've seen with others and their experiences as well. What would you say? And, and, I, and I like what you said there a minute ago about uh, we are a nation of complainers and we have been. Uh, I, I I look at I look at values versus beliefs. I I look at our values and you know we, we all value freedom, but when it comes to beliefs, we all have different ways to get there, and we've become kind of a polarized people in the fact that you either believe this way or you believe this way. Do you think that's a product of what we've experienced during the last twelve months?
1: Yeah. So first of all. Uh, let me just correct. My PhD is in organizational psychology, not okay. clinical psychology, because <laughs> okay. I did not want to go that route. Because uh, I I I don't believe you need ten years in therapy to feel to claim your birthright. So, with all due respect to my colleagues, um, I I chose not to go that route. So as an organizational psychologist, I get to study the individual and the organization. So that's what I, you know, it's business psychology. So I love that. But um, to answer the specific question about polarization and people, I still did that observation for the last 13 months because I'm a curious little one. Um, And absolutely, we have never been more polarized in our entire history since the Civil War. So what's interesting the other day, I said, you know, it feels like we're in a civil war again. And I said, without guns. And then I stopped myself and I went, well, no, there are guns. (laughs) So we're in a civil war with guns, with no uniforms. So, so that is where we are right now. And it is disturbing. Absolutely. Um, So yes, we are polarized. Oh, uh, Whenever I reach my 5,000 friend limit, I just put down something against uh, someone <laughs> and, then, and then they'll, you know, I get unfriended, which is great because it makes <laughs> room because I'm always, I feel guilty about killing people on my friend's
2: list. But isn't that part of the problem And in and of itself is that uh, we're, we're not willing to, to bend one way or another?
1: So, so, you know, there, there, it's a, it's a delicate balance. Okay, so yes, we should be able to agree to disagree, but there are some things you cannot agree to disagree because then you cross the line of what you permit, you promote. So if your BS, if your belief system is that people should be treated with respect and I define respect as not killing them with a with a boot to the throat, then I can I cannot agree with any, uh, um, leader that says that this, this, uh, police system that we have, it used correct force. I, I cannot agree. If someone says that and puts it on my wall, I, I delete it and I delete that because I cannot permit that to circulate. Also, the recent things around uh, 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 killing Asian, elderly Asian Americans, younger Asian Americans being told I was called a gook two years ago, two years ago, um, you know, go back to, to where you're from. That's a reflection of a past president who constantly said Chinese virus, constantly said Kung Flu. And so when leadership allows that, not to get political, but I'm trying to explain why we cannot just agree to disagree now so we have to get to the point where, where you know you have to hold what you permit you promote and you know trying to come from love so i can still stand and say this is not okay in a space of love knowing that it's it's i'm still connected with you in in my heart and i see you as source sees you or as mother nature sees you or as the best of the best sees you but I, I, I—all of these tragedies are a wake-up call for all of us to say the system is broke, folk. We gotta. <laughs> There's a new hashtag. Um, we have to be good at taking tragedy and feeling the pain, and then saying, in this direct situation, what is being birthed in me to be part of the solution so not staying in the anger not staying in the how dare you and how could you and this is wrong and ah! that's healthy for 16 seconds and then to shift into solution okay so what am i going to do about it well when the next time someone says uh uh you know i don't i don't understand you know i you're or i'm calling you an oriental because that's what you are you know, I don't understand what the big deal about the word oriental is, it, Orient Express, Oriental Rug, you know, you guys are too sensitive and and you know t- you know, just get over it. So instead of in the past, I would go, I wouldn't say anything. Right? And I would I would just bow and and, and walk out. Actually that's never been true, but that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> but but people who normally would not say anything. I'm asking everybody to say, you know, "Whoa, well, Nellie, actually the, the using of terms is very important in how we end racism and discrimination, because it has to be just as important for your preferences as my preferences. Our country has built on the preference of one race. And I, you know, without bashing anybody, that's, that's history, right? the plantations, the, uh, the, the, railroads, our country has flourished on it disproportionate backs. So it, until we are good about, in every race saying, okay, I acknowledge that it hasn't been equal for everyone. And, and it carries the most weight with the people who have had, uh, uh, um, uh, more than equal. Okay, so when you say to your listeners, you know, I I don't think I'm a racist. I really don't believe that I, I you know, I love Asian people. I have Asian friends. I eat Asian food. Uh, but I realize now by just saying that, there's a little bit of uh, un, uh, 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 unintentional racism, unintentional bias, by just making all Asian people their color and their food. So I'm gonna do my part and say, you know what? I, I'm i not gonna say that anymore. I'm gonna say, I, as a white woman, as a white man, I understand how this is wrong. And we have to do everything we can To be part of the solution, starting with not getting so pissed off when someone of color says you're a racist instead of going, how dare you say I'm a racist? How dare you go to just to take a breath and say, you know what? I I get that. You know, I get how you, you how you might feel like that. And I you know, I'm sorry you feel like that. It is wrong. Help me understand how I can be of more compassion, of more aid, of more communication using my platform so that this doesn't happen. And you reach out to me, Asian American right now, uh, not maybe particularly to talk about this, but you gave me a platform to reach, you know, I'm not reaching people that went to Capitol Hill. If you went to Capitol Hill, you know, I got no, nothing for you. I got nothing nice for you. Sorry. So, so- I, you from afar, but if you're one of the people who get pissed off at being called racist, that's who I'm talking to. I want you to not get so pissed off. And as a person of color, can you um, embrace what maybe has been going on? And that platform is is part of the solution. So thank you.
2: Well, so so that's that's why I was going to ask you there. Uh, it, it seems like uh, cultural diversification has taken on new legs in the last probably two, three years. Is, is there a specific reason why that's been the case from your opinion?
1: Uh, my opinion is, is it's about time. You know, we have grown. We are a country that uh, was born leaving something they didn't like, the caste system, right? So we left Britain and we came to America to start anew, and our and our credo was great, right? The Statue of Liberty, the whole values, all of that is, is beautiful, except that we also brought over caste system in a different color. So the caste system still existed, but it was brutal. The whole slavery, can you believe that lynching, the lynching law has still not forking past? And if you haven't watched um, U.S. versus Billy Holiday, Highly, highly recommend. I want her to win the Academy because Andre is like incredible. But, but the fact that the lynching laws are still not <laughs> passed. I mean, hello. So, so we, we have, it's happening now because it's supposed to happen now. So I credit number 45 with one thing and one thing alone. He ripped off the band aid of the infection that was under our country. The infection that was driven underground with all of the Valley University work that I did in in the mid nineties. I was grateful to be part of all of that in Los Angeles. And it drove some of that racism underground and it became infected. And then we just saw the pus at Capitol Hill. Sorry for being graphic.
2: We, we never know we, we never know where these uh, are going to go here, and we we didn't expect pus uh, today. But but you know it, it it's a it's a great visualization, and, yes. and it's absolutely right.
0: You know, one thing yeah, I can how think air can get into the healing. You yeah. See, he, it does it need to be in the healing, and yeah. so many of the things that have come to the forefront because the band aid was ripped off are so offensive to me to see how others are treated and whether, and it's made me more aware and, and sensitive to like, okay, how do I respond? Do I do some of these things unintentionally? But do I, and I, and I just have become more self-conscious of what might be going on. We, we live in Utah, which is predominantly, you know, white community community let me tell you on our little cul-de-sac we have so much diversity it's it's heaven and we are loving it it's it's become it's been so fun and unique as we've learned different cultures as we as we've welcomed and embraced everyone into this this community and we're learning from one another and that's what i wish We could all do is that, you know what? No one is, is greater than another. We all have this birthright that you talked about to, you know, the, the double eight and this birthright just because we were born with this, but now let's, let's start treating one another as if they are our equals and have this birthright and its respect and its love and and its being happy and it's getting breaking those habits that you talked about absolutely,
2: absolutely. we have a we have a long way to go there's absolutely no question but generation, when, when you say generally that uh, generationally we have made some steps forward
1: oh yes for sure I mean, as, as as much grief as the millennials got when they first plopped in and they're, you know, I, I'm not going to respect you until you prove that you are respectable. I mean, we railed against that in business, but you know what? They got something in there. <laughs> you know, I, they kind of, I credit them with the pushback, the beginning of the pushback of this is not working. You know, that's why I have a new short film coming out. It's called the new PPP post pandemic possibilities. So before we run back to normal, where most people hated their jobs, most people hated their relationships, most people worked, you know, to, to live for their weekends. Let's stop, take a breath, and reevaluate before we jump back. You know, uh, you know the job that you hate. Do you really want to go back to that? So so yeah, it's I'm I excited.
0: I love that. I'm excited for that the PPP because. So often I've said, I don't want to go back to the the old normal. Yes, I want to create this new normal. You know, I don't like the pandemic state, but there have been so many positives.
1: Exactly. exactly.
0: As I I got out of the complaining, you know, I changed some of my my ways of looking at things, and all of a sudden, I started people started seeing things differently, seeing. People slowing down, families interacting, children playing again and not, you know, always on devices. People moving closer to Mm -hmm.
1: where they work or realizing they could move anywhere and uh, less gas, less pollution. I mean, Mother Nature is like, yay, "Yay!" right? Uh, I mean, there's just so many, if you, I, I also write because I, I, it's not enough to talk. Um, so on Medium, I have an article called COVID, an opportunity of a lifetime. So if you have a chance to go uh, on Medium to go to read that, I, I really think that, you know, as, and I'm not downplaying how horrible this has been, but it has been kind of a chance for everyone to, to do a, a, a soft or a hard reset. And look at the cookies that they've been running in their life, and delete the cookies out of their browser. I mean, that's the best part of COVID. So I if you haven't, it. you know, there's there's a book out there that's a bestseller that has exercises, and 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 I'm not promoting this Well, I am, but Please
2: I'm not. <laughs> <You> <laughs> I, I
1: wanted to go right there. Yeah. But uh, this, you know, there's exercises in here to do the exploration work. To really find out what makes you happy, you know, to, to really understand that the source, you know, you're looking for love in all the wrong places does not have to be the song of your life. You can find the love you've always been looking for during this time before we run back right here.
2: So, yeah. so, so before we get into something maybe a little bit more serious about finding happiness, uh, amidst tragedy, amidst abuse, things like that. I, I do have one question, and this is a personal question because, like millions of other Americans, I found myself in a situation over a year ago where where our company said, "Okay, go home and work, and don't come back until we tell you to." And so we we've, we've been doing that, and you know we went from a, a real fear zone to a learning zone, and and to what I would consider now to be a growth zone. Where we look at things differently than we did maybe maybe a year ago, maybe even six months ago, as an organizational psychologist, and I got that right that time. as an organizational psychologist, what has been your experience in dealing with corporations and the effect that working from home has had on these millions of of Americans? Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Is it indifferent? What are we finding?
1: So so it's eighty-eight percent good or bad, depending on what side of the fence
0: you're looking at. <laughs> Great answer. <laughs> you know, i i i i have a, an,
1: i have a propensity because I'm a high J. If you've ever done a Myers Briggs, it's just a personality inventory, and so my personality is I like, and you, I'm guessing you're the same way. Is Scott? You like saying. Is it right, wrong, good, bad, black, white? What category does it go into? And there's a feeling of, oh, when I figure it out, I feel better. And that's you and me, right? Now, I'm guessing your partner is usually the other way around, where she's a high P. And and to close things too fast is irritating. So I want to leave a question open as long as I can before closing it. And it causes beautiful makeup love. <laughs> <When you> get, <laughs> because many, this is the cons, this is the makeup of many couples, the opposites. So, so it, I say that to stage my answer because the the utility of saying something is right or wrong has less benefit than saying how am I dealing with this? Is what is what going on working for me or not? So it's not going to work for everyone, right? So my, my, when I coach with companies and I coach with leaders, I, I inevitably get to the point where they are frustrated because I don't understand how this can be a good thing or a bad thing. And so I say to them, it's neither a good nor a bad thing. It just is. Now, for the majority of the people that you're dealing with, does it have more benefits than consequences? That's the question that is most useful. So you don't have a choice. You have to do remote work. Now, does remote work uh, work for everyone? Pun intended. No. But how can we do whatever it is necessary to make this transition the most effective for most people? So the model that I'm using that, uh, it's called my 80, 20, uh, sorry, 60, 20, 20, So in every organization, you've got a hundred percent people and you've got your top 20 your cheerleaders. So the top 20 in your company who have been, you know, leading organizational change when this pandemic happened and they were told, go work remote. They're like cool. Let me go find some backgrounds. Let me go find some fun things to do. I've got this good excuse to buy a computer. Right? So they're on it. Then in every organization, we've got the bottom 20. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I can't believe you're making me do this. I don't want to do this. I can't believe. And in that bottom 20, they're the yes, but people, you've got your two percenters, two percenters are the ones, even if you give them money, they're not happy, right? So the two percenters in the mafia are dead. <laughs> but it's a
2: 21-day fast, that's <laughs> what you're saying. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. They, they would die trying to do the 20, <laughs> 21 seconds. So, so you're not making decisions as a leader for the 2%, but most leaders – have this propensity to go where the negative energy is. So they're constantly doing policies and procedures and trying to, you know, uh, uh, move that group. My advice as an organizational psychologist is just let them, you know, I mean, they need to have what the policy is, but don't focus all of your energies there because the the human tendency is to follow the energy. So if you've got the energy on the bottom twenty, then the sixty in the middle are going to go there. Oh, that's how you get attention. I'm going to say yes, but and be a pain in the ass. Or oh, sorry, I don't know if that is okay. But um, <laughs> so 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 <laughs> the, the the energy. If you focus it on the top twenty, and you know, the, what are some? How can we make this the uh, uh, not as painful for the company? What are some ideas we're going to do? And go to that top 20, go to everyone, and then go, oh, so and so had this idea, and so and so had this idea, and so and so had this idea. And then the 60 are going to move to this way. So there's $200 worth of consulting advice for any organizational leader. (laughs) (laughs) As an organization, I promise you that if you adopt where the energy goes, then anything that you implement, is going to go better. It doesn't matter necessarily what the, the right thing to do is. The, it, what matters is what has the most benefit and the least consequences.
2: Send us your bill. That's very helpful. <laughs> <laughs> Annette, you had a question.
0: I, I, I did. You know, back to your, your happiness and the Happy 88 mission. I... You know, it's something that I agree that we we, we can be happy 88% of the time. But we need to go through those and acknowledge those times that, that are rough and, and, you know, are less than happy. Why do you say there's nothing wrong with people who have had abuse in their past?
1: Great question. <laughs> Glad I wrote it.
0: <laughs> I'm glad you wrote it too, because it is a great question. Because what we have found in so many people's lives, they think that that abuse makes them broken, less than unlovable, and I agree. There's nothing wrong with those people, but coming from what from your perspective and your background and what you're teaching, how can we help people? who have been abused, recognize that there's nothing wrong with them.
1: So it's an inside out job. And we have, when I first saw that statistic, that seven out of 10 of us have come from past pain and childhood abuse, seven out of 10, seven out of 10 of us. Okay. My honorable Monica, Oprah says it's eight. Some psychologists say 94%, as high as 94%. In the prison system, we're we're looking at upwards of that. So all of a sudden it dawned on me, if we are the majority, if, if we're the majority, why is it that we think there's something wrong with us? Think about it. The majority usually rules. But in this case, why does the majority not rule? Why does the majority classify themselves? Why are they told that they need help? Now, I'm not knocking the help. Okay, absolutely get help. But quit thinking. There's got to be another explanation of why we're the majority. And that's what I talk about in the book. The book is not a psychologist telling you how to be happy. The book is written as one of seven out of ten people who went through abuse as a child, largely because my uh, yeah, mom went through her abuse as a child. So her people hurt people. We don't know anybody. Our our job in our growth, I don't know many people, like I said, three people out of 10 have had an Aussie Harriet, uh, uh, um, you know, leave it to beaver kind of, of upbringing. Seven out of 10 of us have not. Mm-hmm. if we have not what is the purpose of abuse and pain the purpose of abuse and pain is is multi one is i'll use a story there's two rocks and one rock when you walk in the store is on this side don't you don't even see it really because everybody's always gathered around the rock on the right and the rock on the right is so beautiful and the light comes through and everybody's just like oh So beautiful. You're so beautiful. Oh, look at that. Look at the angles. Look at the prism of light. Look at, oh, so this goes on for eight years. Eight. And finally, the rock on the left is pissed off. Technical term. Pissed off. And it finally just, I can't take this anymore. It jumps off its little pedestal thing and, and shakes its hand and says, life, life is not fair. Eight years, I've listened to everybody talk about that rock over there and how beautiful it is and how wonderful it is. And no one ever comes to me. No one ever says I'm beautiful and it's not fair. I, I hate it. I hate it. Life, you are not fair. Life comes down. Heaven's open. Comes down. Puts his arm around the rock and says, darling, I love you. But every time I come down with my chisel and I start to work on you, you say, oh, oh it hurts, it hurts, stop it, stop it, stop I have nothing to do. I cannot chisel you into the beauty that you truly are. Moral of the story, pain in life is mandatory. It chisels us into the magnificence That is us, but the pain has to be pain. We have to go through that pain. No one in life can live a pain-free life. So once we accept that pain is mandatory, once I embrace the pain from my past, knowing that it has chiseled me into this magnificent, one of a kind, wonderful being, loving, lovable, loved, Wrapped in a warm blanket of worthiness. Once I own that, once I own my pain and quit saying it shouldn't happen, children should not be abused and it shouldn't happen. Once I stop that and just allow the pain to be part of this incredible birthing of a magnificent one-of-a-kind creature, then I can claim my birthright to happiness. As long as I push away the pain, as long as I rail against the pain, as long as I don't accept the pain, I cannot
2: embrace my birthright. That is a beautiful analogy. Thank you. Uh, I, you know, I, I don't know if 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 we could say anything else than to say, you know, amen to that. Uh, right there because uh it, it is so important we forget sometimes that we were placed on earth to be chiseled to be pruned you know we we were outside pruning yesterday and the in the same analogy is how important that is
0: it it is it is the pain that yeah. chisels it's those scars that become more precious when you use the gold the kinsuchi and, and the gold to put those back together that's so much of what we teach is. That's what it's, life it's is. It's life, and it makes us yeah. who we are. And and it has – I've had to go through that, that, you know, I pushed that pain for years. Yeah, so did, so did I. It doesn't work. But so I finally allowed myself to really feel it, because when I didn't want to feel the pain, I also didn't feel the joy, and I also didn't feel the happiness, you can't feel anything.
1: There's a model I use for that. So as human beings, we have a, a, a myriad of emotions that we can feel, right? The high vibrations, love, joy, peace, exhilaration, uh, exaltation at the bottom, um, sadness, worry, uh, uh, envy, um, uh, a depression, okay? So what happens is when you don't feel this and you just feel okay, it's like a... a I, what is those, those elevators, dumb, dumb,
2: what are dumb they waiter. called?
1: Dumb waiter. That's poor waiters. Dumb waiter doors, where where when you bring this up, you can't just feel the high. It comes down like this. That's how the dumb waiter doors close. So then we're a generation of people, not a generation, we're an entire society of people right now walking around going, I'm okay. Yeah. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm fine. I'm fine. How are you doing? I'm fine. Right? You know what fine stands for? Sure up. <laughs> neurotic and emotional right so feeling these you can feel these so that that's the model you just described
0: it, yeah. it's it's what we all need to allow ourselves to be
1: yeah yeah but the it, it's not fun but that's why the the book has exercises to help you with that process and um you know, you, you. I promise you, if you do all the exercises in the book, you will never hate yourself the same way again.
2: Great. So, so a question for you here, as you know, we we've all. It's kind of become a cliche over the years that uh, that uh, happiness is a choice. It is.
1: That's the bottom line. That is absolutely the bottom line. You, 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 if you will choose to believe that it's fleeting, it will be fleeting. If you choose to believe that it's, uh, you know, it's only, uh, for people who have a lot of money and a lot of toys, then that will be so your BS, your belief system, the strongest muscle you have is choice and focus. And we've forgotten that we've allowed ourselves to be abdicated by all of the Aah! that's going around. Oh, what's the news say this about this? What's you know, What's this person say about that? What's, and we have no forking opinion. Uh, we don't know what we believe ourselves. We have to take back our control. I can choose on a moment by moment basis. And this is from another teacher of mine, Abraham Hicks, who says in every moment, if you can pick the best feeling thought, then you can be happy but you have to choose the best feeling thought. I have that choice. I can wake up in the morning and think about all the things that are wrong, all the things that I have to do, all the things I didn't finish yesterday, who pissed me off, who insulted me, what's going on in in some other person's life which really has nothing to do with me, or I can sit up, take the breath, and release it into What are eight specific things that I can be grateful for right now today? And that's how I start my day. It's called taking a bite of my gratitude sandwich. Eight specific things. I'm grateful that I woke up um, in in the most incredibly comfortable bed in the world. I woke up and I got the most incredible taste of my super fabulous coffee. I got to do a a lapse in my pool. Um, I got to look out into the ocean of abundance. I got to interview with a super cool couple that I never met before. I get to um, uh, use a thing called Podmatch, which uh, has now helped me splatter more hope and happiness. Um, Today, I have an interview with a woman who's brave enough to come talk about her sexual abuse from a priest in Tucson. So... Um, that that's because April is sexual assault awareness month. So I get to do that. And number eight, I, I just I have so much, I have so much, I have so much in my life. And those are eight specific things that I start my day with. And at the end of the night, when I lay myself down to sleep, I do eight things that I appreciate about myself, not about other people, but about myself. What do I like about so I, I, I was able to um, migrate. Uh, I got a new computer for a super diff discount price because I love you know looking for a bargain. And um, two, I, I'm funny. I, I, I love to laugh and I love making people laugh. I am a good mother. I'm not perfect, but I do better than my mother did. That's the only job of a mother is to do better than your mother did. Um, I love that I love jigsaw puzzles and, and I reward myself. I love that I'm over 6,200 level on Candy Crush, which is also um, a <laughs> that I do to, to make myself. That's five. Number six, I'm a loving person most of the time. Number seven, I love creating um, and and I'm good at that. And, and number eight, I'm Asian and I love my Chinese roots. So all of those things now have Bund my day from gratitude and appreciation and I promise if you do this for 21 days if you're listening right now if you want to feel better about your life join the 21 day fast from complaining Life, and do the gratitude sandwich every single day for 21 days and I promise you will never feel the same way again about life just those two simple things
2: that's that's amazing But don't forget about the two turtle doves either.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And the two turtle doves that landed on my... uh... That
0: landed on that. And we will put those links in our show notes so that everyone can just have access to go right there and click on it and go to those links. And I'm going to take that challenge. And I'm going to start doing it. And I'm really... I'm going to... I love how you talk about the exercises in the happiness book too, because... Things it takes practice.
2: Yes. And, and,
0: and doing those exercises will help them become more of a habit that I want to have in Absolutely. my life. And so thank you.
1: And and please do get this. I'm going to gift you an audiobook version of this from okay. my site. Thank so hard copy signed. Um, you can get it from Life, And if you do get the book, I'm going to offer your listeners a free children's book. For every book of Eight Ways to Happiness, this is Mommy, What Are Feelings? It is a book about feelings that my daughters drew when they were uh, five, uh, three and five. And every feeling has a taste, touch, sight, and sound. And it's connected to my nonprofit. So that's scared. That's a – it's a it's – Trying mommy's food, so the word, <laughs> it says. Mommy would have scared. Scared looks like a shiny silver toaster. Scared sounds like the roar of a monster. Scared feels like a ride on a roller coaster, and scared tastes like the strange bird in the roaster. That's my cooking. So um, my nonprofit, Eight Ways to Happiness, donates books and programs to children, teens, young adults on feelings and happiness. So if you. Buy stuff on Amazon and don't have a smile designee. That's a nonprofit link. Please go to A ways to happiness on smile and every purchase you'll help Amazon uh, contribute to my nonprofit uh, as well. If you just want to, um, if you like what I do and want to support it, $25 will get you that book. But for every order of the book, I will give a free children's book for your listeners.
2: So Dr. Marissa, how, how do we, or our listeners get in touch with you if they wanted to use you for corporate uh, events. What would be the best way to do that? Uh,
1: Dr. Marissa. Life has is my virtual home, and uh, there's the best way is to email me. I'm happy to speak with you. Just go ahead and schedule a 15 minute slot. We can talk about what it is and see if I can help. Same with the happiness coaching. You know, if you know you're you're, you're 60% happy. You know, you could be happier. It's not 10 years of therapy. It is just strict laser coaching to get you use most of my clients eight weeks and they're out. So, so if you want to invest in yourself that way, that's a, um, something that I do as well as uh, there's a DVD and a download of the practice that you were interested in, it's a it's a combo of Tai Chi and Qigong, and it helps with the critical thinking in your head. So if you have trouble meditating and sitting and being still, it's a moving meditation that promotes inner peace, one breath at a time. So that's also at my website, um, on Instagram for the millennials. I'm Doc Balance. I'm now on TikTok, trying wow. <laughs> <laughs> to hone my message into a minute. Uh, Twitter. LinkedIn, it's all Dr. Marissa Pay, but the most important is my YouTube channel. We're migrating all my shows over there. I've been on the air now 465 consecutive weeks. And so the shows are there from Take My Advice, I'm not using it. I do a Monday broadcast where I answer question and answer. So all of that is on YouTube. So find Dr. Marissa. Just Google Dr. Marissa. I I pop up everywhere.
2: Perfect. Thank you so much. We we appreciate you being with us today. You know, as we were talking, I was I was thinking, okay, what are we going to call this episode? And <laughs> and and you know, we we've been all over the place, but at the same time, it comes back down to mindfulness, doesn't it? It it comes back down to happiness, happiness. and 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 finding that happiness within. It's,
0: it's double <laughs> our birthright. <laughs> this is our birthright. Yeah.
1: Got Got it. It. All of the above
0: would be great.
1: Okay. Peace okay. out. Peace out. World, peace, World peace through inner through
0: peace. peace.
1: I'm Dr. Marissa, broadcasting live from my loving room. I was just interviewed by a beautiful couple in Utah. I will be on their show, so you'll have to stay connected to Karen the Load, C-A-I-R-N the Load.com, and uh, that episode will be coming up soon, and have the best day ever.
2: So listeners, thank you for joining us today. We, we hope that you've enjoyed our conversation with Dr. Marissa as we've, we've talked about happiness, mindfulness, and so many other things that uh, are, are there for us to recognize our value and our worth. That's all important. Each of us have a story to share. Author Brene Brown reminds us that owning our story is the bravest thing that we'll ever do. The stories and the experiences our guests share with us inspire us. To grow and connect with others, we invite you to become a part of Karen the Load community through social media as well as to share our site with those you know. We are stronger together. Keep caring.